Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation podcast, episode number 13. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. On this episode of the podcast, I get to sit down with the lead actor of my feature film titled It's What's on the Inside that I uh, produced and directed last year. It's been in, in post in 2020, and I'm hoping to be able to announce a, a, a release date for that soon. But in the meantime, it was fun to, to reminisce and look back on the making of this movie, so I hope you enjoy. A uh, quick reminder that this podcast is also available in video form. If you do want to watch along versus just listen, you can find that by searching the Eddie Conversation podcast on YouTube. And also, if you enjoy the show, leave a review, subscribe. I heard that helps other people find this thing. Um, but without further ado, let's just jump into it. Episode number 13 featuring Michelle Hinsberg. So welcome, welcome to the Eddie Conversation podcast. You yeah. are Michelle Hinsberg. Yeah. I, when I think about Michelle, I think about actor. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> is there anything I like to ask my guests often? Uh, is there anything you would tack on to that? Or is that primarily how you want to want to be known? Yeah, I would say uh, that's primarily it. Um, although on a personal level, I'm like working on adding things to that. Mm-hmm. You know, other hobbies. Sure. Yeah. So um, for those, okay, of course. For those listening to yeah. this podcast, thank you so much. Um, subscribe. I never tell people to do that, so I'm just going to throw it in on your on your thing Looks here. Like yeah. Uh, all right. So Michelle Hinsberg, um, you are not only an actor, but you are the lead actor of a certain feature film that I wanted to talk a lot about today. Yeah. Um, which is called "It's What's on the Inside," yeah. uh, which is not coincidentally, not coincidentally my uh my feature your feature that i that i directed and produced yeah. so and wrote and wrote not so, coincidence at all so when i i wanted to talk about that movie because there's been new that's been uh, a process for me personally for a long time uh approaching the two-year mark as far as yeah. living within the it's what's it's, it's what's on the inside world um, of uh, pre-production to production to post-production. Yeah. But you, of course, have your own experience with the film that I wanted yeah. to enlighten the viewers on. So when you think about the, the movie and the experience, what, do you, what comes to mind first when you think about? Well, whenever I think about It's What's on the Inside, I think about the two weeks of filming. Um, that was definitely the most impressionable memoristic part of it. Mm -hmm. um, it was my favorite part. I think about it often. And I, I would just love to be in like that moment forever. Like that's the goal, you know, as an actor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so you're referring to, okay, so you, you um, you're saying your favorite part was the acting itself. Like, yeah, was that like what you're? Yeah, just like everyone coming together and being on set and making something mm -hmm. you know yeah that is that is where the magic happens yeah. um so when i think about production because we mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Being that the movie is has been done for a couple months on my end, I and it's and we're nearing the ends of a, a distribution phase here. Fingers crossed that it goes smoothly. But um, I wanted. I haven't had the chance to talk specifically about how we did make it. So yeah. okay. I wanted to jump into that because you, of course, were a huge part of making sure that that went smoothly as possible because we were working with like nothing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and all right, so as far as the production itself and your involvement in it on your prep, let's talk yeah. about you. Okay. And your, and how you kind of, Stay, remain flexible with uh, with how we had to shoot this thing. So you want to jump in some, to, into some nitty gritty of, of that side of things? Sure. Like, are you talking about the acting side or like even the producing side? Well, more more you as a human actor. Human actor. So because there are things that happen once you do wrap on day or that you have to be involved in in pre mm-hmm. that kind of like lines get blurred a little bit, but um, yeah. but yeah, I want to, let's hear some stuff. So pre-shooting. Sure. Okay. Well, what, well, what, what are all the steps you remember going through? Oh gosh. Um, I remember, I think we shot the poster first. I think that was like the first mm. character-y thing that we jumped into. So like me and Michael, like I was wearing the dress and Michael was wearing the delivery outfit. Michael G. Gable, everybody, G. Gable. shout out. Hey, Michael. Co- <laughs> did, co-lead. Yeah. Did we shoot the concept stuff before the poster? There was that, too. So, like, um, but anyway, potentially the poster was first time that we jumped into character, um, which was cool. I mean, well, it was I in would... the space. <laughs> I was going to say, we also did a table read. Um, oh, my God, we did. Yeah. And, yeah, we did. Oh, my God. I don't know which came first. I think they were pretty close together, though. Um, but yeah, oh, we did a table read. Um, that was really cool in and of itself. You had people come to watch too, um, and then somebody else was reading for Michael's part, um, who actually is in the movie. Um, has Michael's like non-delivery guy? He plays a delivery guy too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to give away too much. Sure. <laughs> <Like I> said, <laughs> Casting rumors, everybody. How it all how it all happens behind the scenes. Yeah. No, we had a we had a cool collection because at that point, um, it was still early on ish. Like the writing was still getting done, and I wanted to make yeah. sure that everything was kind of lining out. So anybody that I did have cast for the role, for the role, aside from Michael, I think was able to make it. Um, like there was George, you, mm-hmm. that might just be everybody that was already yeah. cast. Because Hannah, Hannah Wu wasn't a part of the project yet. Correct. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so we did that. And then one of the actors that did show up to read ended up kind of mm-hmm. staying, staying in touch and yeah. ended up getting him another role, which was yeah. which is cool. But yeah. It's a really funny scene, I think. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Okay, so t- uh, table reads, that was new table for read. me. I don't normally, I don't know what to really take from a table read often. Like I, I listen to, uh, you know, like a writer's podcast, uh, Script Notes, yeah. and they often 
talk about how they get nothing out of a table read. Like it's yeah. really for the writer specifically, like not talking as a director or yeah. even like a writer director, like there's not much goes on there, but yeah. uh, it, is, it can be beneficial and I don't know. Well, what did, you, what did you get out of it? All right, fine. <laughs> for me, yeah. I guess the reason I was excited for it the most was kind of how you mentioned, how you talk about production is is getting everybody in the same room and seeing it kind of come to life in this minimal way prior to the, the more, prior to the next phase of planning. So um, just getting to see different character dynamics or how stuff plays or how it sounds or the pacing of a thing. It can kind of help me visualize um, how I want to shoot the thing, but uh, it was yeah. very... It feels like in the in the moment though it it feels overwhelming and there's too much to kind of pay attention to and I feel like a party host too like in that specific setting like I've I've lost that I found a way to get rid of that on set like I don't mm -hmm. I try not to feel like I'm hosting a party making sure everybody's yeah. having a good time but at the table read being that it was new for me I felt like a party host I'm like sweet I have some people here that are considering helping me produce this thing so I want to make sure that they yeah. like the story and then I want to make sure that these actors are like not hating on my writing yeah. and like hating the dialogue I'm making them say. Yeah we did have somebody uh, like for some characters that weren't cast yet we had like potential uh, people you had in mind for possibly like reaching sure. out to um, but like I remember in the table read it was like feeling the vibes and like the connection uh connections that like weren't there for mm -hmm. some characters was really interesting yeah but i don't know i just remember <laughs> <laughs> that we had other yeah. <laughs> as yeah. you do in like pre-production i don't know i don't know it's a weird thing yeah it's a weird thing but as far as um like when you say the first time doing character stuff like that mm -hmm. was because that was your first time reading yeah. in front of other people, the mm -hmm. role. Yeah. That was, um, I was, I was pretty nervous to be in a room full of people, like, and I hadn't spent, like, a ton of time with the script because mm -hmm. we did move so quickly, and you were writing and rewriting, like, so many different things, um. So I remember thinking, man, like, I hope they don't, like, judge me on this, like, one read. Mm -hmm. Like, I haven't mm -hmm. really been able to go over the script, think of intentions. And right, right. all I know is, is like, like, a basic of, like, who the character is and just trying my best to play her in yeah. that way through the story. Yeah. No, for sure. It is one of those, like, to stay in table reads again for a second, like, yeah. I think about, I've seen clips of table reads, like, I remember, was it, like, Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen and those guys, like, super bad, like, they, like, they're, those table reads, like, those comedic, those straight-up yeah. comedy ones, like, they're busting out laughing, and it's like a show, yeah. and everybody's just loving every moment of it, and then I've heard of other stories where some actors just kind of phone at home, Mm. and they don't want kind of similar to what you're saying is they're like I'm not going to give any opportunity during this thing yeah. to be better right now than the actual set like I don't want mm -hmm. people to create 
I don't want to create an expectation for my performance via this table yeah. read because that's dumb. Yeah. So I'm just going to like monotonely read through my whole thing, show no enthusiasm, yeah. and then do my work on set. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like I was like, hopefully like a middle ground of that. <laughs> I don't know. All right. <laughs> um, do you think I was monotone? Oh, no. Oh, I'm okay. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, totally. I feel like I'm like that in rehearsal too, um, which I'm trying to work on because I feel like rehearsal is there to like give your full performance and make adjustments. But I don't know, like as an actor, I have a really, I kind of need that, uh, that pressure of, okay, we're filming, like you have to go full force with something. Um, so when we're doing rehearsal, I feel like I'm not as like, I'm not at perform, like I'm not performing what I would do in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Like, do you care about that as a director? I'm curious, like, I mean, probably, huh? <laughs> What's the question? Like, uh, when we're rehearsing before a scene or even rehearsals before shooting mm -hmm. and the actor isn't giving you like full performance, does that affect your work or? I think, it, I mean, the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird balance though, because I do know there are moments, I don't know, it's, it's, it's tough. Mm -hmm. Because ideally you are seeing what you will be shooting. So yeah. that way you know, like they're gonna deliver what I'm looking for. I don't yeah. have to tweak anything on the day. Yeah. Like that's, the ideal thing where we're actually running through it like a hundred percent and of course it's different on the day because you're doing maybe maybe in chunks or like however that plays out but yeah. regardless having the faith in the actor that they know that they're already giving you what you want and they yeah. just have to replicate it on the day and they mm -hmm. can just enhance it from there yeah. that's a great feeling yeah yeah <laughs> um versus versus being like all right they don't have their lines down yet and mm -hmm. i'm not really getting the the nuance or the 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 depth that i'm looking for yeah and it's like it's hard to really know if they're going to give it because you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So if, especially if you're working with actors you haven't worked with before, it, yeah. it is hard to nail that down. Yeah. At the same time though, I've been on plenty of sets where it's obviously a light blocking rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And then like as a script supervisor on occasion, I'll see a director be like, um, he'll kind of be tweaking or she, We'll kind of be tweaking a uh, they'll say like all right like that's great but actually like i'm gonna want some more energy or some more inflection here and it's like well they mm -hmm. weren't even really acting they were just yeah, kind of yeah. like going through it for yeah. you so you can kind of see what was going on but then the director will be under the impression that that was their full effort yeah I, i've <laughs> had that happen to me as well like um on some student projects and stuff mm -hmm. We're like, we are going over blocking. And so, I don't know, like, I can get drained really easily. So I pick my moments, like, okay, we're doing blocking. So I'm like, I'll give you, like, the tone. Um, but I don't think my performance is, like, key here. And then I'll have the director be like, okay, so, like, actually, can you play that like this? And I'm like, 
sure. <laughs> like, mm. you know, that was always my intention, but. It's like, yeah, that was my plan. Yeah. Uh, we're just, that was just blocking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so we we're talking table read, talking rehearsal. Rehearsal, um, poster. Yeah, I asked you that question on like full force, like full acting on rehearsal. I think, that, I, think I think the answer is 100%. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Yes. Now, as of late, the it. thing that is frustrating about COVID, because I've had yeah. a chance to produce some like smaller stuff, mm -hmm. is we'll do like the, the Zoom rehearsal, and I'll be just, it's just dumb. I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not the same. Because you don't get to see, yeah, you don't get to see I mean, the performance. Yeah. You get to hear the dialogue and yeah. see kind of... There's no action. It really is kind of like voice acting. Yeah, kind you of. Know? I mean, you can still see facial reactions. You can reaction. still see facial reactions. But, but yeah. when you're standing and you're walking and you're doing movement, like the performance is going to be different than mm -hmm. when you're sitting down and performing lines. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'll put you on the spot here. Oh. That's a tough yeah. question. I know... Uh, the viewers slash listeners are going to want to know. Mm -hmm. Basic question. Okay. So what's your, what was your uh, favorite moment on set, favorite scene to shoot that uh, you can kind of tease yeah. potentially? Okay. Without maybe mm -hmm. giving too much away. but Okay, one of my favorite scenes will like totally give away um, like <laughs> the ending of the movie. <laughs> so The ending was your favorite? No, like... Um... Yeah, the ending, but the part in California, because we shot in California and Nevada, um, where we like... All right, well, actually, yeah. before we jump into okay. it, we haven't even talked about what the story's about. Oh, you're right. So do you want to talk, tell us yeah. about who your character is? Sure. And we should have done that earlier, but please. Yeah, so um, on, in It's What's on the Inside, I play Rachel. <laughs> Um, who is an agoraphobic life coach. Mm. Uh, she mm. takes clients online via Skype and web webcam, um, which I laugh because, like, like, that's probably what life coaches are doing right now, I would think. Yeah, because this was in pre-COVID. Yeah, this was pre-COVID. To be, to be producible. Yeah. So kept um, it simple. Mm -hmm. And basically... She just goes on a journey to find herself with the help of her uh, her delivery guy and clients and friends. So who, what, for those that don't know, uh, agoraphobia. Yeah. So agoraphobia is, it's a... It's an intense fear of not being able to control your uh yourself like when you go in into public uh it usually stems around panic attacks so the heart racing um just having an intense fear of having a panic attack in public um and not be able to control that and feeling really embarrassed or whatever they feel um so they just don't go out a lot of people confuse it with just the fear of of people, but it's really the fear of 
um, being able to control one's self. Yeah, it's anxiety, it's anxiety yeah. stress, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And when yeah. researching it, it, I mean, I don't know. It's probably a case by case scenario on how it develops, but I'm sure mm-hmm. some base frame of yeah. like it could people it could be like a jumping off point from like a star system. You're just afraid of. Mm-hmm. something and then you avoid that and then you avoid the other thing and you avoid the other thing until at a certain point you become a Rachel yeah and you're, I kind of feel like I've become a little gorephobic in 2020 <laughs> you've become you become what, what you have what, what I, you play I know and we'll get I'm to like, that we'll get to what that what came first like what yeah cause yeah. I, I feel like I've taken on other characters too so mm-hmm. I don't know Hmm. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. So that's Rachel, that's Rachel. and the and you. All right. So she is uh, trying to overcome that fear, that stress, yeah. and anxiety. Oh yeah, your favorite, your favorite moment. Oh yeah, my or favorite. Maybe something less less spoilery. But. Yeah. Um. My favorite moment. Ah. <sighs> I mean, the whole thing, I was just like on a high the whole time. We had long days, woke up early, went to bed later, just because we were all doing so many things besides like our main thing, you know? Um, I would say my favorite thing would be I'll buy her some time, yeah, by, talking, some time. by talking about um, <laughs> the monumental effort you put forward on this project because we, as I mentioned earlier, shot this, I like to call it basically no budget. Now, uh, it is technically a five-figure budget. I will, mm-hmm. I will play into the Hollywoodness of leaving it vague yeah. for this discussion. Five figures. But, but five figures. For a full feature film, poo. So five figures. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not six. Correct. (laughs) Five figures. So, um, had to be creative with how we shot this. You did mention the two weeks of shooting, but that was actually only like half the movie. Yeah, it was. So, we shot we shot ten days with I'll do quotations with a full crew, Mm -hmm. which was skeleton crew basically yeah. just the basics of what you need um and those were all of the moments with rachel and all the other characters and yeah. all the dialogue pretty much because a lot of the movie is rachel in her apartment mm-hmm. trying to trying to live yeah and um the benefit of that is we were able to cram 10 days worth of all the pivotal sound stuff and all that kind of, all the stuff that needs a little bit more coordinating. And then after that, this feels like more traditional super indie where like some indies will shoot just on weekends for Mm -hmm. a couple years until they have a movie done or stuff like that. Like this was kind of that realm where we had the bulk done Mm -hmm. and I was just getting Michelle in the apartment and the other half of the movie and that was extra skeleton. Yeah, that extra. One. It was literally you 
in Connor. It was sometimes in me, and then sometimes like a PA. We would often have like three person crews yeah. finishing that up. So it was crazy, and it got done. But yeah. the whole purpose of me saying that is, is being that the script is primarily you. Each of those ten days, you're act you're acting in every scene mm-hmm. with everybody for twelve hour yeah. days for five days i think two days off and five days and then had to keep you in character for the next like month and a half or something Mm -hmm. while we finished the rest up so and i had a surgery in there too so it's like Mm. for those pickup days Mm -hmm. yeah so congrats good work thank you (laughs) i'm showing up and getting it done yeah but uh so that being said what was your favorite part all right so my favorite part besides the end which like, I wish I could talk about it, but it would spoil the movie. Um, I really enjoyed acting with all my co-stars. I liked the life coach scenes. Um, the scenes with Maria were really fun to do because Maria is just so... Maria Russell. Maria Russell. She's awesome. Shout out. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, all my Brady scenes. I, I think one of the most impressionable ones is when we shot under the table Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I had like a pretty big monologue and I was I was like kind of concerned about it being just like exposition but then when I watched it back I was like oh my god this is movie magic yeah I was like (laughs) um, I was also proud of myself for uh yeah I mean we can talk about that scene a little bit um I don't think it's too spoilery I don't know the whole the whole purpose is Rachel finds herself mm-hmm. she goes out in a crowd mm-hmm. in some like chill party but it's overwhelming for her so what she does to avoid it because she can't escape she hides under the snack table yeah. and uh, is later joined by uh, Brady yeah um, and there, it's a nice sweet moment under there and and, yeah. and I've and uh, and rumor has it because not you know, it's not out yet, but mm-hmm. we did, or I was able to uh, get feedback during the editing phase, and that was always a favorite part. Was of, it? Yeah. 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 And I remember even Michael, I think even, that that was our day six that we shot mm-hmm. that, and I was like... That was right, his first day. That was his first day, yeah. and I remember him saying that, that moment... Like, cause he's like, all right, now we're shooting a movie. Yeah. Like, it felt like a movie yeah. now versus, like, all the other party stuff that we had shot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, that was it's nice. Yeah. So, that makes yeah. sense. That's a, that's a nice go-to. It's a nice yeah. visual scene, too. Also inspired by real life. No, let's not go there. Okay. It's inspired. Everything's inspired by real life. <laughs> but this one in particular, yeah. Yeah. We just won't go there, you yeah talk about how you inspired it yeah okay um uh when i was in high school i was at a halloween party um and i kind of just like ran to the beat of my own drum uh, i wasn't 100 percent like rachel's experience nothing like anxiety or fear-based but i was just like Oh, it's just too many people. And I was at my best friend's house, so <laughs> I was like, but there was nowhere to go. So I was like, I'll just take some Halloween candy and chill under this table. I'm kind of stressed and overwhelmed, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And then my friend was like, where's Michelle? And then like 
she finally looked under the table and there it was. Eating candy. So that so I guess the cool the cool thing to take away from that for me or for you listening is uh, I think about it's kinda like a I don't know, it's just a collaborative filmmaker thing to do is I was talking with my cast and talking to you specifically in, in this in this instance where I'm like, all right, like I'm in the writing process. I'm trying to like find some stuff to incorporate into the character. Like what are your thoughts and what, what are stressful moments in your life? And that was mm-hmm. something that you were telling yeah. me about. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's beautiful yeah. and visual. Mm-hmm. And I could see it and that kind of helps inspire some other stuff too. So like, yeah, that. Yeah. I know at the moment you're proud of that it turned out so well. You've had you've had you've had practice in that in that department. So. Yeah, <laughs> didn't have to prepare too hard for that yeah. scene. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, background actors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thing because it's hard to on set to like extras and stuff. Like they're they do great work. And their stuff is usually pretty easy, and directors will, or like some some people on set, like it's hard to figure out what to say to an extra or background, and usually usually you end up saying like, oh, like great walking in there, like that was great. <laughs> yeah. And then the back, the the they always say it back is like, well, I've been walking for thirty five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you, know, you always gotta have that moment, but it reminds yeah. me of what I just yeah. said there. Just a, uh, a common thing I do, going under tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so that, all right. Um, so we, I can talk a little bit about how we blocked it out, um, see if that inspires stuff. We, day one, uh, we worked with uh, Rachel and all of her scenes in the bedroom mm-hmm. by herself with dialogue. Yeah. Like her uh, life coach sessions. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, uh, it's always interesting to see how you kind of get into a groove of, as a production and, and where you start versus like how you end and yeah. how you kind of the, the ebb and flow of a of a schedule. Yeah. Um, how you mentioned like it was some of your favorite stuff to do. So for me, it was interesting. The webcam stuff. Well, don't say it like that. It sounds that sounds like something else. <laughs> But yeah, you mentioned the life coach session. I meant like in person life coach sessions. Oh, the okay. the camera stuff was actually like webcam stuff was actually really challenging. Um, I don't know if it was also because it was the first day, but I didn't have anyone there to act to, and then we were having people on the phone, which uh, saying their lines, which was supposed to help, but. We found out like halfway through, like I told you, like it wasn't working. So then we had someone read lines off camera, which was better for me. Mm-hmm. But it was like, um, I think it was just challenging because we were all like figuring out how to get in the groove. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I was, because of course Michelle is acting alongside a fake call that she's on on her mm-hmm. laptop. Yeah. And, uh, we were talking about how to help give you the best yeah. environment to perform. And we had done 
uh, you had done actual like rehearsal back and forth with each, each of the actors yes. and stuff. So you were able to get the their energy and feel that vibe out. And then uh, we had decided and worked it out with, with that cast too that mm-hmm. we would have them on standby on the yeah. shoot day to call in. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a weird, it was a weird thing to try. Yeah. And I haven't really seen that on any other set that I've been a part of. <laughs> Uh, it might be for a reason, but yeah. um, regardless, it was worth a shot, and yeah. it was awesome that it, people it were sound, It to... sounds like a good plan. I think it was, like, just the phone lagging, and, like, I couldn't really hear them, and so it was just, yeah. Yeah, but the, the idea was there, and the uh, I guess the whole point was just the fact that we had done the prep work is yeah. why on the day... Is my assumption is why you're like, all right, I've already, yeah, I've yeah. already worked with them I know before. They're, like, I know the direction they're going. Like, if someone can just read the lines instead. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I'm almost, I can almost recall the schedule day by day. Can but you? No. Okay, because I can't. I, I feel like, <laughs> and then it was, it was classic scheduling where being that this was all the conversational stuff, all the dialogue back and forth and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. we... It was, I think, you by yourself for the first couple of days almost. I don't know why I'm thinking that. But then, like, day three, we finally had, like, George come in. And he was playing Gary, and we got mm-hmm. all of his scenes out. And then kind of woo. And then, I don't know. And then the party and Michael. No, that was Monday. Stuff. That was a Monday. Oh, was that a Monday? Oh, Maria? But, uh, Did we shoot No, Maria? I think we shot secret scene we went to pasadena for uh yes for uh another this one i'm not gonna spoil this one's good stuff but um yeah it was kind of cool to go out of location because the apartment was yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) my home yeah Yeah. so there's a lot of space in the one location which which again made this producible Uh, so it was an adventure to be shooting at a different spot which we did for two of the Original 10 days. Yeah. Uh, and then the day six, the Monday after, was the, the biggest cast background mm-hmm. and whatnot day. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like how did, I don't know, do you have any, anything? I'm trying, just trying to, I'm trying to just talk and then hopefully yeah. you have some stories to say of your um, interactions during that. Yeah, I mean, when we shot in Pasadena, <laughs> a bunch of us got, like, attacked by spiders. Hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, or, like, no. spiders or mosquitoes? That was one of the, that was, like, the green room. The green room? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the actors, like. Yeah, the yeah. actors hang. Yeah, including myself. I had, like, 20 bug bites, like, all down my legs. Um, so, not glamorous. Mm-mm. We did have to put makeup on them, though. <laughs> For some scenes, it was like that bad. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't get my face though, or like my arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did see the spider though. There was one spider got ten bites on you. Spider. I mean, I mean, it was really tiny. It could have been several tiny spiders, but mm-hmm. I did see the culprit. Um. Yeah. Um. Hmm. How did you? maintain your energy like how did you keep it mm-hmm. keep yourself going through all this uh it's 
going to sound really cheesy. <laughs> but like, I was tired, but I was so happy that that fueled me. Like, I didn't care that I was tired. I was just happy. Um, I was, but, and I was like physically tired. I wasn't mentally tired. You know, like mm. how there's a difference. Um, cause I remember telling Michael, cause he was saying he was really tired. I was like, yeah, I could like, after this, like I'm ready to move to the next one. Like two days off, I'm good. Like let's do another like three weeks. You know, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> need a break. I really don't. <laughs> like, sure, sure. Um, but yeah. Right, but okay. But of course, but, like, getting sleep and, like, I would also, I wouldn't chit-chat with, like, the crew too much. I would stay in the holding room because if I did chit-chat, like, that would drain my energy a lot. And then also I'm, I'm prepping for the next scene. Um, and for me, I need to get into the mindset of what's coming next. Um once I know I'm like there and I find that center of that kind of uh, scene, then I I'm I feel more free to like talk to people, but just protecting my energy that way, mm -hmm. making sure to like close my eyes here and there between scenes if I'm like really tired. Yeah. <laughs> um I didn't use coffee. Um I I get really shaky on coffee anyway, so it wouldn't have been good. Um, but yeah, just listening to my body. And I think I did get at least like eight hours of sleep each night. So you were, you were living, living, you're breathing and living, acting. Yeah. For sure. I remember, yeah, because that's, I guess that's like my perspective too, is, uh, because being, again, that we were working with super tiny crew. Yeah. You and I had to kind of manage, like, costumes, let's mm -hmm. say. Costumes and hair. And yeah. figure out, all right, the scene's up next. What are you wearing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, let's look at the photos. All yeah. right, this is what you're wearing. We need your hair. All right, let's look at the... How do we shoot? All right, sweet, get yeah. your hair back like this. Um, but other than those interactions, it was kind of like... All right, shoot. All right, cut. All right, she disappeared. Oh, she's hibernating over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then kind of like just building your energy back up. Yeah. All right, and action. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I did I did rely on, like, you, I think, to tell me, like, to come back in or whatever because I would have to go and recharge. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. But it was dedicated recharging for yeah. sure. So yeah. I, And I, re I recall that being the case because mm -hmm. sometimes uh, – it, yeah, it's hard to. Yeah. Everybody has to keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah, and being in every scene, it's not like I, you know, sure, how you oftentimes as an actor get hours, like waiting to do your scene. <laughs> so it's a weird, it's a weird thing because yeah. one thing that people forget. Yeah. And I know it's different. Because acting is taxing in a different way than like directing, or yeah, for 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 whatever reason, probably the emotional. Emotional. <laughs> but it's because uh, I know, like for instance, let's say Connor Connor mm -hmm. Pollard, our yeah. DP, 
for him it's taxing in a physical yeah. way. Yeah. And he like I'm just over here doing my stuff and yeah. and managing and coordinating and trying to mm -hmm. and, and whatnot and uh, keeping it all together and busy after we wrap and all that kind of stuff too. But uh, you're putting an additional energy on the emotional side, Connor. Mm -hmm. And that shoulder rig. Potential, yeah. And his back. Oh, and man. classic camera operator stuff. Yeah. It's like, woo, how are you guys? I'm yeah. in 12 hours. Good, good work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I've been on some other sets where, of course, I'm like not the lead. And I used to wonder, I'm like, oh, like, they're not really that friendly. Um, Who? Like the lead actor. Oh. And now being a lead myself, I'm like, oh, oh, that's what. Like they're trying to focus. They're they, to stay they have in to it. focus. They can't expend all their emotional energy. Like conversing with people and being uh, social is emotionally draining. Um, and I remember on set, I, like I would want to chat with people, but I'm like I can't. And then. There were moments where I'm like, oh, like, I hope people don't think I'm, like, ignoring them or just, like, uh, I don't know. I, I did think about it a little bit, um, but now I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, mm -hmm. I understand. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it yeah. plenty of times myself. Like, I recall a particular, like, one-day commercial gig I was on in mm -hmm. the... This one, I don't know, probably guy in his 40s playing, like, the silver-haired dad character, yeah. like the energetic, cool dad. Yeah. And he was, like, the life of the party. And, like, in between stuff, he'd just be cracking uh, jokes yeah. with the crew and trying to entertain us. Yeah. And, like, how, like, towards the end of the day, <laughs> he was just, like, dead. Yeah. And yeah. we're, like... He should not have been doing that other stuff because yeah. he's still got to be super, yeah. like, fun, energetic dad. And he's yeah. he's killed himself emotionally and, and, and yeah. physically by... I, I have noticed actors who try to entertain, like, the crew. And I, like, I worry about them because I know how draining it is for me. Um, and I wonder sometimes if they know, like... That the crew's the crew's good. Like, like you don't have to entertain anybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like they're gonna like you even if you just do your job and you're nice. Like they're gonna like you. You don't have to. I don't know. It's but, uh there's there's a way of doing it. Like that's it's I call it. I I mean I, I never called it this before, but yeah. I assume I call it strategic entertainment. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you weren't doing every scene every day and you yeah. had a six hour break. Oh, yeah, you had the for early sure. call and then you're off because you're not shooting for a couple of scenes. You're like, all right, sweet. Now's my chance to actually talk yeah. to people because yeah. I know I could recover during the other scenes before. Yeah. Or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming yeah. the uh, that plays a big part. But I yeah, I mean, like sometimes even like just remembering like I would have lunch alone, like everyone would be outside and I'd be inside. Maybe punk. <laughs> Which I know you didn't like, but I'm like, I need to sleep. And, like, I need to, like, look over my lines for this next scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I recall that. Because, like, from my perspective, you know, 
I don't like taking moments for granted. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is my first feature film. This yeah. is your first feature as a lead. This is a big moment. So I know I was pushing for like, yeah, you know, it's all right to tax ourselves right now because this we're never going to have a first ever again. Yeah. So let's like enjoy this moment together. Yeah. But I'm sure like... Like for me, I'm like, whatever I do <laughs> in front of that camera... <laughs> Is that lives longer that lives than lunch longer than, than your impression with fostering yeah. lunch? Like you guys, like you could be tired behind the camera and like look however you look. No, I look great at the whole time through. <laughs> but like, <laughs> <laughs> if I look dead, <laughs> seen like yeah. Sure, but, sure. No, I think there was a good balance and um, the rap party. I got to like socialize more, although like I did just have like dental surgery and <laughs> so like it's kind of hard like painful to talk <laughs> but back in the day when we could when we could gather when you can gather and hang and have yeah. a good time good times i feel like uh i don't know luck what are your thoughts on luck like i will say something and okay. you can respond okay, but <laughs> i think about like the weird luck of like, all right, it's 2019, gonna produce a feature film for the first time and getting lucky in the weird way of shooting it and wrapping it in fall of 2019 and then spending 2020, which is yeah. post-production and you can do that in a COVID world. But if yeah. I had said, I, it's like, man, I just moved to LA. I've only been here a year. I can't do it yet. I need mm-hmm. to do some more prep. I'll do it next year. Mm-hmm. This is next year. This is next year. And there ain't no way nope. you're going to shoestring that together in 2020. Yeah. So, like, I think about that stuff. Yeah. Where, where luck plays a, a part in the. Mm-hmm. Like, kind well, of the. It works out. Everything happens. Uh-huh. Oh wow! I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> that doesn't. I just say you put yourself in a, in a in a position. Basically, like it's happened a lot for um, my stuff. Just, I feel like there's. It's the procrastination. Like, don't wait. Like, oh if you're ready, if you're truly ready now. And you're just procrastinating because you think you could do even better, even though it's already good. Like, like just do it. Otherwise, like, there's going to be so many other things that stop you. It's like, it's like people in regular life. Like, I know someone who is always talking about wanting to go back to school. Mm-hmm. But then, like, they wait. And then something comes up. And, like, it takes a bunch of money. And then, like they still can't go to school. And then it's been 10 years and, you know, they still haven't done what they wanted to do. I feel like it kind of is similar to that. Um, mm-hmm. The more you, I don't know, the more you wait, there's the more time things can come in. and. Yeah. Yeah, but we were really lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yup. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. It's, it's tough. I know. It's, I know this is the Eddie Conversation podcast, mm-hmm. but I try not to do too much uh, 
too much bragging about how awesome I am. I can't help it sometimes. But um, let's talk about you. Okay. What would you like to know? Let's talk about. So, all right. I guess to close out the the it's what's on the inside yeah. segment. Um, we wrapped. I don't know. I'll call it October last year. I don't know. I felt like we. Uh, I was like we we're leading right up to December. Like yeah, I think sorry, we had some November. November days, but yeah. Um, I don't think we did. But regardless, I feel like, regardless, regardless. What have you taken away? What? How? How? What did? What was your big takeaway mm-hmm. from that whole experience? Yeah. As an actor, as a as a as a creative, mm-hmm. I don't know. Our biggest takeaway was. I can do it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I no longer have to question whether I am capable of doing something like this because it was my first feature, my first lead as a fe- in a feature film. Um, yeah, just like the confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, like I was telling you, I was like, I'm ready to go to the next thing. Like, um, I like I those two weeks, like the main two weeks have laid a foundation like I, I I utilized so many different tools from like acting classes and like kind of even built like my own technique that like worked for me like I took from here 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and it really gave me the confidence in the toolbox to be like all right what's next what uh, what's the next challenge like mm-hmm. yeah that's a great takeaway I like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um that plays into a lot of uh, the fears that I think all of us try to work through in our mm-hmm. daily lives. Um, yeah. I know that for me, it's a, I mean, it's, I'm sure for all of us too, like I know it was Connor's first time DPing a feature. First it was for a lot of people. My first time directing and producing a feature and mm-hmm the combined forces of all of us trying to prove ourselves in yeah. turn creates a nice, beautiful piece of art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I know uh, there's there's those things down the line, too, that like there's always a next thing that you haven't done before that it's like, oh, my yeah. gosh, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Can I do this now? Can yeah. I whatever? Can I do... A 30-day production, Mm, 30 days. Can I do one where I'm, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio style in the in the woods in the frozen tundra and frozen lakes? Can like can I pull this together? This is gonna be crazy. Yeah, I remember starting out as an actor. um, I didn't think about location. Like I worked on this one project in the woods. Oh no! (laughs) And I was like, I was. I, like, I would blow my nose and I'd have, like, TMI, but, like, I'd have dirt sure. coming out of my... I, like, Been and there. it was freezing. And I was like, oh, well, I really got to be careful what I choose. Like, or, I mean, just consider more location, uh-huh. what I'll be wearing. Like, if it's in the cold, am I covered? Or am I, like, you know... Well, because there's, there's those classic uh, summer scenes on the beach that you're shooting... You know, it's I like, all right, get the girls that. in the bikinis. <laughs> and 
Well, and you're, then, but it's you're, like you're winter. up at Tahoe, yeah. and it's like freezing cold. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, it's warm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like stuff like that. Yeah. Sure. Um, but totally, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I learned a lot about myself as an actor doing the movie. Like, even when we did uh, concept footage, that mm -hmm. one uh, in the bathroom, where, like, you're like, mm. uh, did you ask me to cry or did I just start the, crying? This I was remember. an emotional scene we wanted to utilize i believe in the uh kickstarter video yeah. uh, we wanted some concept footage to demonstrate the tone of the piece and we chose a moment where you have to kind of like have a you know a breakdown of some kind i'm in, contemplating in the bathroom with, like whether or not to take my own life <laughs> like, right, well, it's kind of deep <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna vaguely hint at it but sure um, yeah, so, so it was, uh, I don't edit this podcast, everybody knows that, but um, yeah, regardless, I'm just setting the, yeah. I'm giving some context for the people, yeah. all right, so, okay. yeah, what about like, that moment? I just started crying, like, but like, on cue, no, I can't cry on cue, but like, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my god, I'm making a breakthrough here, I can cry. <laughs> like really well on camera like this came really easily and I was like I remember thinking all right am I gonna be able to do it for the actual movie because we'd have to film that same scene again plus others and each time it was like like a, just a trust thing for myself I was like I literally can't like prepare anything but like when action comes and I start going and then like it just happens mm. and I was like that it's is like, cool. I feel like I have like a little. I know. I know. From power. our perspective, I remember, like, because uh, that was in the. I remember the one in particular was in the later half of the production when it was just like, mm -hmm. the three-person crew, and we're just giving you your moment to yeah. kind of prep for that. And Connor, Connor, like as a as a DP <laughs> and it came up, I can tell. DPs love the pressure of like we have to get this moment now because we don't know if <laughs> like, I, like if like if she's crying we gotta get it yeah. and it's gotta look beautiful and I mm -hmm. love the pressure like yeah. that happens too like on this last one I just shot uh, uh, Max Goldberg with my DP and we're doing like sunset and it was like we're running out of light yeah we gotta like get this moment here. And we have like maybe three takes at it, and he's just like, vroom. yeah, <laughs> just locked in. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, she's out of the she's she's out of the bedroom. Roll it over, go yeah. get tail a slate. All right, so yeah. and like he's just like, yeah, getting that getting that shot. <laughs> yeah. So we've all got to kind of sync up in a way to yeah. get that moment. But it's cool that yeah. you had your yeah. breakthrough. On Gave that. me even more confidence. So, I'm like, I got you, drama. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> crying on, crying easy. Yeah, not on cue. Oh, shucks, but crying. I was just on. I was a script soup on a short film post COVID or during COVID, mm -hmm. um, where the lead had to like, I felt like crying almost every scene, yeah. and she's just chugging water all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because uh, it's something you don't think about. Is it, um, yeah. Water come that water you, need you to gotta be replenish it. <laughs> yeah. 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 
So I guess, I don't know. We I did mention closing out of It's What's on the Inside, yeah. but I did want to, you did kind of hint at it before, but you did, um, you are credited as a co-producer on it mm-hmm. as well, because yeah. um, you have uh, contributed a lot on the non-actor side. I yeah. don't know if you wanted to say talk about that I at all. Yeah, say a few words about what it's like on that end, or... Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'll say is because it was so small um, and I, like, we worked a lot together. I like me as the lead and stuff. Um, And then I also have, like, these skills as well before, like, the Mm. movie. Um, So it felt really natural to be, like, jump in and uh, help, Mm -hmm. give ideas, be like, oh, yeah, like here's an idea, and also, like, I can bring it to fruition for you. Um, And then just doing digital work as well, which I really enjoy, like, Photoshop and Mm -hmm. photography and digital art. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because I know, like, in in the initial phases, we had to do this launch for the Kickstarter, Mm -hmm. and... We had a nice little team developed for that. Like we had Fabiola and yeah. Kimberly and you. And the, yeah. we all kind of collaborated on coming up with that content. And you're big on Instagram and how that that platform works. So mm-hmm. you kind of spearhead oh, yeah. a lot of the layout stuff on yeah, that. And stuff. since uh, you're, you've, you're kind of working on uh, updating the, the posters for this mm-hmm. distribution thing that we're yeah. looking to turn in soon. Um, yeah. And then next is the PR campaign yeah. prep. And uh, well, that's, uh, we'll get that's, there that's when... different. It's different. It's not my area of expertise. Yeah. So. yeah. I started, um, for like producing and stuff, I started learning about PR and taking classes online. Um, and then I happened to move into a home with a publicist. So he's I've been getting a lot of good mm. nuggets from him mm. um, and learning uh, how that works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know that's one thing you put on the list that we could talk about. I'll bring it up now since you talked about moving. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's you're kind of living the the new girl life in a way I'll call it where uh I didn't even I've never thought you because a new girl Zoe Deschanel's character moves into an apartment with three three guys guys. (laughs) Michelle moved into a house in part of Los Angeles (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh how many yeah I have five yeah roommates five dudes five dudes Cool. Yeah. I'm like very proud to be living in a house of five dudes. Because I feel like I get along with guys like, or like just like living with them seemingly more easy than like girl roommates. What's wrong with women? What's wrong with a woman roommate? (laughs) (laughs) Do you really want to know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Not to generalize too much. Not to generalize too much. (laughs) This has just been my experience. I've actually had like really good female roommates um but just i i think i don't know if i'm like more blunt than most females i don't know but just 
there's a lot of tiptoeing with girls mm. and emotions. And then also when I'm home, I like to have like it's my space to recharge and do my thing. And mostly like I'm in my room <laughs> alone. Like, um, but when you have like female roommates, I feel like at least again, just has been my experience is like everyone wants to be friends and like go out and yeah, like do gotta... stuff like 24 seven. I'm like, no, like this is huh. my alone place. <laughs> like I want to be alone <laughs> to like do my own thing and be home and chill. You're not looking for friends. I'm not. You're looking for people to avoid you at home. No, like not avoid, <laughs> but just like we have a good balance of like socializing and not socializing, which it's been really good at the house. Like uh, we all do our own thing, but we all like chit chat when we see each other or, or like cooking or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Is there not the issue? Cause I know there's a lot of people thinking right now, like, but yeah. Michelle, women are so much cleaner than dudes. I oh, prefer yeah. to live with women. Because dudes just trash the place. It's just yeah. a bachelor pad everywhere, and they don't clean their spaces, and the bathroom's disgusting. What about yeah. all that? What would you say to those people? Find some clean guys. Like, my guys are really clean. Okay. <laughs> like, um, when I interviewed with them, like, or met them, um, that was one of my things, like, how clean are you guys? And, like, they're like, we're really clean, like, and I saw the place and it was really clean. Um, but they were like, yeah, sometimes like, uh, like this roommate will be in the kitchen, like scrubbing the floors. And I'm like, and but like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then it's just, it's happened to be true. Like I've lived there for almost five months now. And mm -hmm. like, it's for, for six people in a house, it's clean, especially the bathrooms. The kitchen can get overwhelmed because there's six people, but for the most part, it's it's a clean crowdedness. Okay, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you don't have that issue. It's great. Don't. Honestly, like... See, men can be clean. Men I told can you. be no clean. <laughs> I, um, I really think it's, like, rather than just, like, living in a house with guys, I think it's more... Be more, like... Uh, really talk to the person that you're going to move in with ask them the hard questions mm, of like good point you know like what how is your cleanliness what's your bedtime schedule like um i don't know not to talk about like roommates so much but like where i live everyone has their own lease and you rent a bedroom and so we have to interview everyone who like wants to move into a bedroom in the house and so i've gotten like i mean we've interviewed like probably 10 people before our last roommate moved in and I just like have the questions down you know you figure fill, out what's fill us in on what those questions are for those that are sure that could use those in the, because <laughs> yeah that's, that's a big part of our life is yeah. I mean it's like especially life. in Los Angeles no living way. I'm sure like you're more likely to live with people you don't know mm -hmm. in a city like this than like yeah. a smaller town where you're more connected with yeah uh, some of the questions are like, what's your bedtime schedule? What's like your cooking habits? Uh, one of mine's like, do you drink and do drugs? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, how often do you have friends over? Like, do you work? Do you work from home? 
Uh, what do you like to do in your spare time? Are you like at home, like blasting music or are you reading or like, you know, um, just making sure you have similar interests and that your living habits are the same. So like we would deny people who uh, said that they have friends over 24 seven, like especially in COVID, like we're not cool with that. But we also like, if every person in the house had a friend over, there'd be 12 people in the house, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's just preferences and yeah. What are your red flags? Was there any other red flags that came up in oh, the process? Um, one guy said, "Hey, if you guys, if like I get voted no, can I hit you up sometime?" That's a red flag. <laughs> um, so, and I was actually gonna like give him a yes because he was chill, and then he like crossed that line. <laughs> um, but red flags are just like. The energy, like if someone seems like excited to live there, this one girl like was a lawyer and she was just like, like drilling me with like questions in this really weird, like serious way. I was like, yeah, I just don't vibe. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just like gut feel. I don't know if that helps. Like, but red flags, of course, would be stuff that is against your preferences. Okay. Yeah, that's a red flag. It's not a red flag. It's just a flag. It's a flag. Red flag is a big, yeah, um, a big tell. Yeah. Because you have to be able to sniff out the liars too. Is the other. Yeah, and tougher, you can tell. Part. At least I could feel like I could tell. Sure. Yeah, I'm like there would be people who are like, yeah, like I, I hardly have anyone over, but like you, like they're extroverted and like you just get that vibe. Like hmm. I don't know. They feel like a liar. All right. Yeah. So speaking of liars, just kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> um, the other, I guess, to transition out of that, I, I yeah. couldn't figure out a good transition, so I lied about. About speaking having of liars, one. Um, I wanted to talk about Instagram because okay. I feel like that's next to acting. Almost feels like my second thing. <laughs> your next. Bit. Not that you're, I wouldn't, I, I'll do quotes, influencer, oh, uh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> you've, you've been, uh, you've been chasing the, um, I've been that, chasing an image, I guess you could say, for, especially for the movie. Um, did you have more to your question? Okay, yeah, I mean, uh, so you, I guess it was, because you mentioned it, because of, because of the feature, yeah. there was this idea that I know you even talked to me about me working on myself or which mm -hmm. I, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much. All right. It's the, it's just the increasing your social media presence. Yeah. That way when the feature is done, mm -hmm. you have people to kind of share it with and get, get the word out that yeah. way. So, yeah. Um, I don't know how much you want to talk about your humble the beginnings process. to where you are now. Oh okay. Stop. stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> So to when hype, to hype you up, then. yeah. So when Overhyped. you were talking about making the movie, and I was picked as the lead, um, I think I had like three hundred followers, <laughs> and then the person we're talking in, about Instagram, Instagram, and the and Michael was in talks. He didn't know it yet, but um, 
you were thinking of casting him as uh, my co-star. And at the time, like Michael had 10K followers. And of course there's the thought of like, oh, okay, like that could always help. And then I'm like, well, I want to help. <laughs> You're getting jealous. Classic actor, yeah, getting jealous. jealous. But also I'm like, I want, when this thing comes out, like I want to, I guess, okay. Sure. Roll it back. I really wanted to build like a community of people who were excited about the movie. Excited about you being excited in the Excited about me being in the movie. <laughs> and like, it's taken like two years, but I went from like 300 to like, over 10k now and like a lot of people are interested in the movie um and they ask a lot and i update and i don't know i'm just excited mm. I, it's the least i like it's something i can control so i'm like mm -hmm. why not why not so i don't know if that answers <laughs> your question also i feel like it's also benefited me um in the creative sense like i have people to bounce ideas off of um and i guess just segue <laughs> so i guess before we jump into the segue okay. um i know there's a lot of people that are listening that are like oh my gosh but michelle mm -hmm. how did you do that did you buy them mm -hmm. yeah, like how like but like i've been trying to grow mine yeah. or i don't know i don't even know yeah. i don't really talk to many people about growing instagram i don't yeah. it doesn't feel like that as big of a thing now for whatever reason as it was mm -hmm. when you started but yeah i'm sure people still want bigger numbers but i, mean, I don't but regardless yeah. how how did you go about it or what's your yeah um Let's see. So I started two years ago and I had heard of ways to get followers, mm -hmm. like buying them um, bots, which are fake accounts um, that just increase your number. But I was like, I kind of want real people. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, And then you could also pay like uh, companies to automate um, to grow your account. Uh, which um, I also didn't want to do because I knew people who had paid and the the people that they'd find for their accounts were not engaging with their stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so then I was like, well, I don't even know. I don't even remember why I thought about doing it myself. But I was like, let me do what automation could do, but let me do it myself. So I know who I'm targeting and who I'm reaching out to. Um, and so basically I call it like knocking on doors. Like I'm virtually knocking on people's doors um, to make them aware that like I exist and then leaving it in their hands to choose what they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so it wasn't like, that's why, like, that's why it took two years, or a little under two years, um, to get to where I am now. But, like, it's real people. My engagement is, like, kind of embarrassing. Like, I feel like, which 
I don't know. It feels weird. I I, I know. I know. But like, embarrassing. Like it's not a, a bad thing. But like, I'm like, okay. Like people with way bigger followings have like this number of likes or whatever. Um, okay, you're being, yeah. you're being very vague. So let me explain for people what you're actually saying. <laughs> so when. So, all right, just to reiterate back to you what I'm getting from it. Yeah. So, ideally, let's just with Instagram, let's mm-hmm. say specifically, or I guess with anything, there's really, if you have a big number attached to your name, there is this kind of status. Like there, there's this kind of the status thing where it's like, oh, wait a second, you have this many? That's cool. But then if you dig deeper into a lot of people, you're like, oh, but. This person has, let's say, 100,000 followers. Oh, they must be famous. Likes. And then they have, they have 80, yeah. 80 likes on their photos. If you look a, dip, a, dip, a, a bit further, you're like, oh, well, it's not a real number because mm-hmm. they don't have the engagement of the people that are following them. Yeah. So they must be fake followers. Yeah. So the ideal, the ideal combo is you have a big number yeah. attached to your name and... A high percentage of those people are interacting with your posts and your stories and yeah. watching your reels and yeah. doing all that stuff. So if you want to line out for us what, let's say, like the average engagement is mm-hmm. and what high engagement and low engagement, if you... Yeah. Uh, and then what your number is. Uh, <laughs> so you can uh, brag. We can listen to you and your advice. Honestly, I'm always like, in the beginning, like, I would tell you, I'm like, like, I don't know why it's so hot. Sure, that's fine. It's nice and humble. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so regular engagement, say, we'll take 10K, for example, because it's an easy number to do math with. Um, standard is like 6%. If you have 6% engagement, like, you have good engagement. So, so if you have 600 10K, likes. 600 uh, likes per post. Um, yeah. Low, super low engagement would be like 1%, which would be the 100 likes for having 10K. Um, really high engagement <laughs> is like 20%, yeah. which is what I have. <laughs> um, I will say that continuing to uh, like interact with people via my Instagram definitely keeps like like, new people that follow me, like, more engaged, mm-hmm. rather than if I just probably let it sit at where it is, like, engagement's going to drop, like, I'm not interacting with any, like, people who are currently on Instagram, like, people are going to, like, fade off Instagram, like, it's just natural that way, um, I don't know, does that answer your question? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you okay. mentioned 6% yeah, versus 6%. 1% versus 20%, yeah. and average to low to high yeah that answers the question i guess the question would be all right so since you are in the higher range Mm -hmm. congrats by the way um what would you define as those interactions you feel are making a difference like what exactly are you doing Mm -hmm. or have you been doing or been consistent with i guess is like the, the the main question um I guess like the first thing that comes to mind is like first I want to say like it's kind of like because I've been doing it for like almost two years now there's people that I connected with in the beginning of this like growing my Instagram account 
who I still t stay in touch with and we DM and some of them are even actors themselves and they'll share their projects with me and I share my projects with them. Um, and then I often get people messaging me if I like post about if it's on the inside, they'll be like, oh, like, when's it coming out? Like, um, where can I watch it? If they don't know that, if they don't realize that it's not out yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just keeping tabs on those people, especially making sure uh, I keep them in mind to reach out when it is posted or if there's updates and just like building fans. Like even if it's like 10 people um, who I didn't previously know before, that's 10 plus more and then they might know somebody Sure, who then knows so what somebody. are you doing exactly? You're messaging, like you're, yeah, like you're, you're messaging me. back? Yeah, so like if someone DMs me, then um, I'll read it. And if it's about the film or acting, I'll definitely uh So you don't message respond. everybody that messages you? Not everyone who messages me because sometimes it's not like acting or film related. And yeah. It'd be a lot of work to just sure. no, that's be a, conversing that's, that's with what people. I'm trying to ask is what yeah. are you doing? Like yeah. you mentioned people in the beginning that you're still in touch with because you've yeah, kept that so relationship going, but you're not really keeping staying. those relationships going, and then also um, just like posting about it and keeping people updated. Um, so the people that follow me now can know when mm -hmm. it comes out. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, I think one thing you do that you haven't said, yeah. I don't know if you still do it, but I know you're doing it for a while. It's like when you do post a new standard post, mm -hmm. you respond to every comment. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I don't know if you still do like, because a lot of people on Instagram just comment emojis or something. Mm -hmm. It's easy to respond to that because you just put more yeah. emojis. Yeah. But like, I don't know if you curate personal responses how or how... How much um, of that work you do? I mean, it's dependent on what they comment. If they comment emojis, I'll just emoji them back. Right, right. Um, but yeah, just just the extension of engaging with people that are following you builds that relationship, even if the question or comment isn't film-related. Um, it builds... Again, like that relationship for future posts and just building that, again, the community. Um, I honestly have no clue where it will go or how it will affect, but like it's something I can control um, and something I wanted to do and I set my mind to it and for some reason I just like really stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens. I don't Let's know see. how much it will affect. <laughs> but like if, if there's anything that I can do to push the movie like more than I could have yeah. with, by not doing this then yeah you had a you had a goal in mind and yeah. uh, you worked toward it mm -hmm. for sure yeah what how do you feel about uh, social media and its impact on our addictions to yeah. dopamine and flux yeah. and depression and yeah. I'm doing the wave symbol with my the ups and the downs. Yeah. Recently, uh, I took a break from working on my <laughs> Instagram. Um, 
and I didn't realize how much how, hooked. how kind of hooked I was. Like I would spend maybe like thirty minutes in the morning, thirty minutes at lunch, and thirty minutes at in the evening on Instagram. An hour and a half a day. Only an hour and a half, which is way less than I was doing before. Or like, you know, I was just trying not to be on it, but just going on it those times throughout the day still allowed me to like, just know too much about everybody. Like it makes you think about, mm. it makes you compare about your own life. Mm. And like, like it's a highlight reel for everybody. Um, and so, yeah, like, the past two weeks, I haven't really been on it all. I've even forgotten that I, like, um, I've had, like, friends DM me through Instagram mm. instead of text me, and I'm like, oh, like, because I don't get my notifications, like, I don't push them, so I'll open the app at the end of the day and be like, oh, whoops, like, yeah. I, yeah. Um, Reminds me of uh, something I recently heard from Billie Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> Because you were saying uh, that you kind of forgot, you almost forget that you're on Instagram or something. Yeah. Or... Did she? For... Oh, she. For... I think I saw yeah, this interview. I she forgot she was famous. Yeah, she did the uh, <laughs> one of her, yeah. her classic yearly recap on herself. She was. Talking... Oh, did you watch that? I watched some of it. I I scrubbed through it. Yeah, but... I watched that too. So anyway, what that? what she said was because of COVID, <laughs> as many of us in the creative yeah. realm that are that are lifestyle has been stripped from us because mm -hmm. there's no social gatherings there's no like film yeah. production was shut down music concerts are dead um she was talking about how like i forgot how deep into covid it was but she was like at this animal <laughs> shelter hanging out with a dog trying to get a dog and stuff and she's just like yeah just going about her life and yeah. straight up just had her hair all out and and then she so, got so, noticed and then people were just staring and it's like yeah She's like, she's like, what are you talking about? I'm yeah. Like, Who's, what is, it's like, what? oh, wait, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm famous. I'm I <laughs> yeah. So when you said that, that's what, that, that's what came to mind. And I'm like, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> Ow. I just pulled my nails. Are you a Billie Eilish fan? Um, I like her music a lot. But, you don't, but like I don't like uh, actively listen to her music. But I, I'm like a fan. But not like a fan fan, not like a Taylor I don't, Swift fan. I don't like Billie Eilish's music. You don't? But I like no. Billie Eilish. She's cool. You know who's cooler? Or as cool? Taylor Swift? No. <laughs> I was going to say her mom. <laughs> Billie oh, Eilish's mom. Don't you dare talk about <laughs> That's all I'll say. Her mom's really cool. You guys should follow her mom on Instagram. She has like lives and she like, get, ha like has this organization where she feeds like people. Working art, I mean, struggling artists. Yeah, like, um, she's like the nicest, like, giving per Like, I'm like, Billy Eilish's mom is the coolest. Like, she's just so sweet. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know what they say? Just follow her on Instagram. I forgot what movie. I think it was Parasite. You watched Parasite? Yeah. There's a quote in that movie yeah. where the whole family. This is in Korea, I believe. The whole family mm -hmm. ends up working for the rich family. Like one's the clean, cleaning mm -hmm. person, yeah, one's yeah. the tutor, one like the driver. And I think at one point they're talking about how nice the family is. Mm -hmm. And it's like the comment 
I forget what the quote is, but the whole point was rich people, of course, are nice because they don't have anything like but they have no reason. Uh, there, there's really no other reason in life to feel any other way. So they just are nice you to everybody. Saying She's Eilish's rich. Mom is rich. She's rich. Billie Eilish is rich. I don't know if her mom's rich. <laughs> I don't know. There's too much money. No, in I there. did think about that. Of course, like. Not that it's she wrong has to be maybe nice more time, rich, but. but she also has really good things to say. Just go to her Instagram, okay? Watch some of the videos. Okay. Uh, since we're on the still the topic of Instagram a little bit, I yeah. did want to talk about uh, something you hinted at before, which was oh, yeah. utilizing your following to kind of like and engage with them. So you, you recently underwent or undertook a project mm -hmm. uh, through kind of utilizing that network. So yeah. you want to pitch it sure. and let us know how, how it's gone or how it went yeah. or um, that whole thing? So I wanted to involve the people that follow me in creating something together because I'm creating a lot of stuff myself that I put out. But I was like, I wonder what would happen if, like, I did ask questions. Yeah. Anyway. Sure. Um, so you wanted to create something. So I wanted to create something. I want, my idea was a short film. Uh, and I put some questions in my story, uh, choosing the genre, choosing the length, choosing a few, like, physical items, and then some fill-in-the-blake lines. And, yeah, I got over 600 people submitting answers. I was like, cool. Nice. Um, and then I went to work on trying to write something. The pressure was so big <laughs> for me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you helped me write. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. I came in at the very end yeah. of Swoop to help. Yeah, with the. I'll call it polish up the script. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I did have a script written and the concept, but you definitely. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. Uh, before we jump into me, because you know, I'll I'll take that I'll take that yeah. bait. But um, so the idea was, and this kind of plays into the uh, the engagement that you talked about where I feel like it's mm -hmm. it's these little nuggets here that do help yeah. uh, that and uh, all right so you had like fill in the blanks you had mm -hmm. straight up choose like, this or that choose this or that I had watermelon versus donuts we had comedy drama the time length all right, so you asked them, all right, do you want this to be a short short or do you want this to be a longer short? And they mm -hmm. voted for... The longer. And then you said watermelon versus donut mm -hmm. and they wanted... Donuts. And then what was the other one? And then there were... Um, On the easy ones. It was Sarah went into blank. Yeah, Sarah went into <laughs> blank. Um, and you have to blank, there's no other blank. All right, so kind of like... Yeah. What's that game called where you um, do adjective and noun and you just 
Regardless, you all yeah, know the game. I know that game. I also but... would say it's basically like Cards Against Humanity as well, where it's like, all right, let's just make this funny, or people can submit whatever they want, and then you pick the right yeah. answer that you like. So, yeah. all right, cool. So you had all those. Mm -hmm. um, you had, you kind of came up with the story. Uh, and, of course, you were promising them that you were also, you were going to direct it, and you were going to act it and produce it. Like, that was I didn't the, tell the anyone pitch. I was going to direct it, but... Um, the pitch was that more was, like produced act. Though, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe not. It was flexible. It was flexible and it was going to be like a default, like default director. Um, cause I figured I would be like super skeleton crew, like my last short, which was just me and Teresa, just two actors. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah. But on this one I got to actually direct more than I would have if it was just me and the actors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know if I had anything to really say or if mm -hmm. you had any questions for me involving the writing. But, yeah, it came in and uh, helped just because I knew you were coming up to your deadline and yeah. you were – kind of hitting me up about uh some struggles of yeah i was asking you a lot of questions finishing on this finishing the script <laughs> yeah can you talk about the pressure that or that pressure you're talking about what what was there yeah. who was to blame uh who was to blame <laughs> it was just like pressure that i put on myself uh i put these constructs is that constraints the constraints um to guide the story, which I thought would actually help me. Um, mm. Because I often write better when I have an idea. But I think because there wasn't an idea yet, it was just like pieces of things. It, there was no actual story chosen mm -hmm. that I, I was hitting a wall. And then I know no one cares, but you know, the, the thought of like, uh, if it's terrible, like, I don't want to like fail in front of them. <laughs> like, um, yeah. How do you know no one cares? What do you mean by that? Um, I meant like no one cares if it's bad. I don't think. Not the way I think I'm stressing over, mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's really not that important. It's just for fun. Um, yeah. But you care. And I think, you care but I care. Bad. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of. I was really hitting those walls, the resistance, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's been like, I, I thought I was going to get it done in like two weeks. Because I've done that before. From the... From the post. From the initial yeah. ask of fill in the blank and yeah. stuff. Um, and then I didn't hit that mark. And I was like, okay, let me sit down and take some more time with this. Yeah. And then, yeah, hit my walls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it happens. But I always follow through no matter how long it takes, which you know. Well, it didn't, how long <laughs> did it take? Because it's not out yet. It's not out yet. I'm editing it. Um, but we shot it two weeks ago today. Right, but prior to that, how long yeah, between um, the post and the shoot date? I think I posted it at the end of October. And we shot at the end of November. Okay, so yeah. 
Actually, I think it. I think it'd been like four to six weeks since I, since the post. Okay. And now it's two months since the post. Yeah, but like people have probably forgotten. It doesn't really matter. Like I'm just gonna edit it, put it out, and all that matters is like having fun. It's all that matters. <laughs> all that matters. No. Well, I don't know. I, I, you also <laughs> kind of said that getting it done matters. Well, yeah, getting it done for sure. Like, so if you're having fun and it never gets done, does that matter? Mm. That's a question I meant, too. I meant both. Okay. <laughs> fun and done. Fun and done. Fun and done. What has your 2020 been like? You want to talk about my 2020? That's yeah. right. We got to talk about your COVID experience too. Um, what specifically are you curious about? Um, I would say more film-related. How has it affected you, and what have you been doing to stay creative? Stuff like that. 2020. Okay. Because um, I know I've talked about it before on the podcast. Okay. Um, a little bit. I'll, I'll do my, my little update with, mm -hmm. uh, or my catch, or whatever. So, up until COVID hit mm -hmm. January through March splendid splendid three months to start the year it was beautiful I had you know was script supervising a lot and um, getting my highest day rates yet and working on some cool commercials and had just locked in another feature that I was going to jump into and then COVID hit and cut mm -hmm. everything off and uh uh, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, too, like having the feature that we shot last year yeah. going into post or being in post in 2020 was great to have because I was like, all right, sweet, we're locked, we're in lockdown, but I need to get this edit done anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, because I'm the editor. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, that was like the project then, get the editing done. And then go go through the process from there. It's like, all right, hand it off for color correction, hand it off for sound mix, uh, get that the 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 score locked in, like all that stuff. Kind of kept me. I wouldn't say like day to day busy, but at least gave me something to keep in the back of my mind and and yeah. and have going on at least. And then of course, even with that, when it was done, it was like, all right, jump into distribution. Let's explore this and do this for the first time. So I had the feature keeping me somewhat busy. Yeah. Um, so that's been nice. And then, of course, uh, I was able to still, uh, once things were kind of like loosening up a tiny bit, was able to produce a, a few like super basic short films. So keeping the the writing going, keeping the, the director like being on being a feeling of being on set without really being on set yeah. and getting to direct some actors and, and get some stuff out there was nice. Uh, me and my writing partner, Jamie have been kind of busy the whole time. Um, cause we partnered for popcorn right before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. uh, popcorn's an awesome short film. Check it out. Um, and then, uh, I asked her to come on and help out with a feature film that I wanted to write. So we wrote a feature, and then we just got done getting a, our initial draft done on a pilot episode for a series where 
adding to our portfolio or whatever. So that's been cool. So yes. lots of writing, getting some shorts done, getting the feature through that those processes. Uh, those are those have been my my bigger picture kind of mm-hmm. like staying creatively busy. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, and then reading, a lot of reading. So that's yeah. that's been my my creative, keeping the uh, creative Eddie in check and keeping him happy. Yeah. Um, because work has been sporadic and you can't trust anything right now. So that side of things has been has been trickier. But. Yeah. What's the your favorite thing you've read? Ooh, good. No, somebody, yeah, somebody asked me this recently as well, and I I defaulted to the book that you actually recommended, funnily really? enough. Yeah, because you recommended Castle. The Glass Castle, mm-hmm. which is a men, uh, memoir, mm-hmm. and was later uh, developed into a feature, which came out in 2018 or something, with Brie Larson and some other so cool people. Soon. That recent? Feels like a long time ago. But yeah, um, it probably was. So Glass Castle, I did not know anything about it going in. And uh, when I was talking about it recently, I was like, it's just such a, uh, it was a story that grabbed me from the get-go. And it was interesting hearing about this woman who grew up in like basically a homeless scenario where her parents were happy living in poverty, not playing by the rules. And very sporadic with like the mom having to go back into teaching but not really doing her job right so the kids had to have like great papers and the dad was like the best dad ever and even though they didn't have money he would like gift stars for birthdays and it was like the sweetest stuff ever and then the next day he'd be like a drunk and abusive in ways and like would disappear on ends and just unreliable and I'm like mm-hmm. But he's such a good dad. But he's not. He's, he's such not. a bad dad. <laughs> yeah. So just uh, seeing this woman come from that kind of household and then seeing to where she was she was able to climb out of it and work her way out of it. Mm-hmm. Even though her it was the odds were stacked against her for sure. Yeah. So that was like a, that was definitely a great a great read and uh mm-hmm. I appreciated that one. But yeah, that one stuck with me for sure. It, it definitely hit me in ways. I haven't watched the movie yet. Oh, you haven't? No, because it's, it's not anywhere on streaming for oh. free. <laughs> so I've, I, I haven't paid um, for it. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad it made a good impression. I really like that book too, which is why I recommended it. Because um, I know you were reading fiction. I think mm-hmm. that was maybe one of the first nonfiction that you read. I don't know. Because it, it, the cool thing about the memoirs are that they can kind of, they kind of there's a variation aspect. to where depending on the expertise of the writer, they can mm-hmm. kind of make it as readable. Like it's even though it's based on reality and their experiences, it could it could be very narratively written. That's not yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Versus uh, just like a documentation of things that happen, it's like it yeah. has like rising action and. You feel like you're this. reading a story. Yeah. Yeah. So she did a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. that's 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 that. Um, 
still been keeping up my 30 minutes of reading a day nice. and uh, pumping out pumping out the books. Nice. But have you had any reading experiences or is, is that anything you're, <laughs> are, you, are you reading? Um, I can't concentrate long enough to actually read a oh. book, but I've been listening to books, mm, so right. audiobooks. Um, but nothing like nonfiction or... Well, I was listening to Daisy Jones and the Six, mm. which I thought was a memoir. <laughs> and then I learned that it wasn't. And oh, I just like... Daisy Jones and the Six, written by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yeah. And I was like, some of it didn't seem real to me when I thought it was real. And I was like, okay, but it's real. Like, I'll let it slide because it's real life. But then I learned it wasn't real life. And I was like, yeah, I can't get past this. That's kind of funny. So <laughs> that was like my only. I was listening. You finished to that it book. though. I did not. Oh really? I couldn't do it. Yeah, because when I, t uh, Daisy Jones and the Six, I recommended to you because mm -hmm. that was the first new book. Because like when you were I, talking about how it was going to be a TV show. When I got back into reading last mm -hmm. year, um, I started by finishing a book that I had been reading for like four years, which is Harry Potter <laughs> and the. Uh, Goblet of Fire, I think, yeah. the fourth Harry Potter book. Um, so I finished that, and then the first new book that I've read in who knows how long was Daisy Jones and the Six. Mm -hmm. So I, was, I wanted to research the 1970s yeah, and like and just and get like a feel. So I searched like 1970s yeah. book fiction. I don't know what I searched, but <laughs> Daisy Jones and the Six. And the Six came up, and it follows a uh, a band like the formation of like this collaboration between Daisy Jones and this other band called The Six. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said, I think that was their band. I forget. I think that's right. But I was like, sweet, 1970s. It's got like rock and roll and drugs. And um, I, it wasn't explicitly mentioned in the book or like there's like, pre, there's no pre now or even in the, in the, synopsis like it doesn't say that by the way this is a fictional story yeah. so the the thing that i like about it a lot was actually the way it was written mm -hmm. like you it was you, unique and it was unique to listen to because it was written as it's written as audio <laughs> tapes or audio interviews mm -hmm. um so the audiobook actually has different characters actors actors to play each character um yeah, so it's all dialogue. The whole book is just yeah. dialogue of questions and answers and re looking back on those days and reliving through interview. So that was super cool. Yeah. And it goes super quick as a read because mm -hmm. I guess yeah. like dialogue just reads quicker. Um, but that was what I really loved about it was it felt non-conventional on mm -hmm. that side of things yeah uh but for i think somehow i did know that it wasn't, that it wasn't real, real. <laughs> yeah and uh yeah mm -hmm. yeah that, yeah i just brought that one up because it was a fictional book that i <laughs> yeah. happened to listen to um yeah but most of my books have been uh psychological or in the self-help mm -hmm. like genre yeah. Mm, classic so, the classics classic. yeah. so i guess uh what 
let's talk about your 2020 and then I want to transition into talking about your plans for 2021 because we're hopefully coming out of the COVID year. Yeah, the vaccine, there was a vaccine approved. So who knows, rumor has it, the vaccine and everything else, I guess it's going to take a lot of time to kind of, to get enough people to have taken it, to in combo with still wearing masks. Like it's going to be weird for a while, Mm -hmm. but hopefully... I like an anxiety thinking like um, big groups with no masks. Like, I'm like, I'm going to like have a transitional issue for like yeah. a little bit. I guess like one <laughs> of the, like, wait a second. One of the books, I guess to, I guess stall from you answering the question, but oh. that I read was a 1984 George mm-hmm. Orwell. Yeah. Uh and uh, that one was very talking about like kind of into the the meta the meta levels of understanding how to kind of form a society to just go along with new regime kind of oversight kind of stuff where yeah. you kind of you introduce things little by little over generations and eventually the people forget what things used to be like and like wait do they used to have rations of chocolate of one pound a week but now they're only giving us half a pound i feel like i remember that chocolate was more like was a bigger thing Mm -hmm. when i was growing up but now we don't get it as much but they're saying that we've always had half a pound a week so like Mm -hmm. they're always so like stuff like that or just so they so just the introduction over generations creates the new normal so when I think about like masks and COVID and social distancing and stuff, I'm like, this has only been, what, nine months? We're going into nine months We're since, going, since like, March. Into eleven months. Eleven months. Started in March. Okay. Yeah. March is three. Like and we're in twelve. <laughs> so, so regardless, my my thought my thought has been, we're already getting some like mental effects of like I was watching mm-hmm. a movie and I'm like wait they're not wearing their yeah, mask yeah. on I had, like she just yeah. left to her thing she's not wearing a mask wait I was like oh wait yeah this is like that's not I'm like wait that was weird that I just thought that mm-hmm. that was wrong yeah um so having to go back and reverting to a life where you can be in an indoor stadium and go to a concert with a lot of people might be a little bit mm-hmm. jarring at first and hopefully you can wean your way in. But if masks become a thing that last generations and it's like, oh, I guess we just have been wearing masks yeah. since 2020 and mm-hmm. it's 2045 and this is just how it is and we don't remember how it happened. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, don't really remember what it's like without that too. <laughs> so just, uh, yeah, there's no more in-person stuff. It's all yeah. digital and... Like, if this yeah. were going on for five years instead of just a year, a little oh, over a yeah. year, it'd be a, a lot more... Yeah. Um, Psychologically. Rooted. Yeah. Those things would be a lot more rooted, yeah. and it'd be very interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, all right, 2020. 2020. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, are you asking, like, how my 2020... Well, similar, similar, similar to my tip. thing, so I don't know... Yeah, I mean, like, I forget all the things that happened before, like, March 
13th? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the 13th. Um, like we had fires, all that jazz. Um, I was just started to make some more money, mm-hmm. like which was great. And then March 13th, I, uh, I lost all my income. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, had nowhere to go, nowhere to be. Um, yeah, I didn't have anything to work on like you did. Um, but I did try, like, we didn't know how long it was going to be, right? (laughs) So, uh, the lockdown was, like, I think it started out as two weeks, (laughs) um, and then it, like, progressed somewhere or whatever. So I was like, okay, let me take this time to, like, work on things that I wanted to work on, acting-wise, just figuring out, like, where I want to go, what I want to do, and what's the plan to get there. Um. Which is what? Yeah, so, like in the beginning of the year and even like before like my 2020 goals were yeah to prepare for episodic season which like i think just kind of ended if it were like normal um which is uh episodic season is like not the series regulars not the main characters of like tv shows but the smaller roles um on crime they, shows, like they on players doctor- and yeah. co-stars and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was my 2020 goal was to like book two network shows or something. Mm-hmm. And so I was preparing for that, um, building up my game plan because I already missed pilot season, uh, which is for the bigger roles, um, more so in pilot season. Um, yeah. And then that kind of turned into a long-winded, like, just a ton of research. Um, I didn't know what to do with my time. Also, just a lot of self-development, working on myself, which I think a lot of people ended up doing as well. Uh, We had a lot of time to ourselves. We couldn't see people to distract ourselves. A lot of us still do. Yeah. Um, And that's actually been really, really good for me. Mm. Um, I think that's the thing I'm most proud of this year is just working on myself. Uh, there is a tie-in to the feature. Oh, yeah. In It's What's on the Inside, I wrote a book that Rachel is reading and it's titled Living With Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's, I don't know, I kind of, I kind of like thinking about it's a, how. I mean, it's a self-help book for Rachel, I yeah. yeah, but I, as far as learning to, in a way, yeah, live mean, live with ourselves during all the self-reflection. I kind of like feel like Rachel this year. I don't leave my home much, not because I'm scared to, but, you know, because we can't or shouldn't. Um, and I've been working on myself to overcome things that I feel like have been uh, things that hold me back in life my success in life um yeah and then i did create a short film called water it's on my instagram as well igtv uh, which i filmed with my roommate and that was like core quarantine where like no one was leaving their houses i don't think i i hadn't seen anybody mm-hmm. um but, like, I had to be creative. Mm-mm. So I was like, I'm going to shoot a short. It's just going to be 
me and Teresa. Um, yeah. So that was that was as small as they get. It was that the two actors so... and no crew. And no crew. <laughs> like we both took turns pressing record. Mm-hmm. I set up the shots. Luckily, I like am into photography, so I had all the lenses and uh, logs and stuff. So. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and then. Uh, I kind of took a step back from the professional acting side of things this year because there wasn't much going on anyway and just told myself that as long as I'm creating things and being creative, like, that's good for me because right now I have to learn how to survive in Mm -hmm. a pandemic, like, and pay my bills and all that jazz. Um, Yeah. So now going so into now, 2021, yeah. how has how has your thinking changed knowing we're going into a new year, mm-hmm. knowing like you mentioned there's a vaccine on the horizon, whatever that may mean for society? Um, yeah. What have you let yourself imagine for, uh, for going into the new year? What's, yeah. where, where's your head at? Um, I, okay. I forgot to mention that I'm, I am working on a few things uh, <laughs> uh, to create like passive like income. So I'm working on uh, art. So digital art, I've started drawing in Procreate with an iPad, iPad pencil, Apple pencil, um, creating stuff for like print on demand sites. Um, and then I'm gonna like, work my social media, like new accounts for the art stuff to see where it goes. I don't know. Um, and then I'm also writing a book. Um, Whoa. Yeah. I actually am almost done with the first draft um, on the social media growing. So. Okay. I don't know if we'll release it, but we'll see. I'm writing it. Oh, we'll see. Book. <laughs> yeah, I, haven't, um, I haven't heard about that one yet. Or yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, you like told me about you're currently reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And they talk about assets versus um, liabilities. I'm like, I need more assets. Like, I don't have money to buy assets, like ones that already have a return. (laughs) But I was like, I could make some, so I have the free time. Um, Yes, I'm doing that. So hopefully that could potentially mean something for 2021. and then the acting side of things, it's a redo of 2020. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to prepare for episodic season, which again is in like end of summer, fall. Um, I'm working on getting representation. Uh, I don't know if I've been hesitant to do it now because I'm unemployed and need to pay my bills. So, um, so yeah. we'll see. But yeah, so we'll like, see. I think about. Um, how jumping into 2020, we, I kind of, or we didn't really know how, like when the movie would be coming out, when, Mm -hmm. when the feature would be done and ready and how long that process would take. It's, I didn't expect it to leak into 2021, Mm -hmm. but I think it kind of works out. Um, and like, I, I talked about this with a previous guest too, uh, Celeste, um, Mm -hmm. who was artist name is Talker, but she was talking about how she released an EP like 
and did like a couple of live shows right right before COVID. Before. So she had just released all this work and then couldn't tour for it. Mm-hmm. So then during all this time, she's thinking about like, well, let me just make some stuff to and kind of hold on to it and release it right when it's like when it's ready, when I can actually mm-hmm. capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. So it feels like this is a similar thing where... Oh, so she didn't release it. She hasn't released any okay. new music. But she's, she's, kind of, she's kind of making it, getting it right, making sure it's perfect versus rushing something out mm-hmm. now because yeah. how does one capitalize on something, especially in that industry right now too? So mm-hmm. with this, it feels like in a similar thing where it's like, well... There should be some light at the end of the tunnel on knowing when this feature is going to come out soon. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully like that could help assist you. And like, all right, now it's going to be out. Yeah. And I can leverage it in different ways and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Honestly, like I, was, I did think a little bit about how, okay, like now that it's being released later, maybe I'll be more in a place to like leverage it better. Like in that sense of not being stressed and overwhelmed about like surviving (laughs) the essentials of basic living yeah the basic living my motto for 2020 has been back to basics great i forgot to mention that yeah yeah big uh inspiration is maslow's hierarchy of needs it's a classic (laughs) yeah um yeah, because I know a lot of the, like you mentioned, me reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. I moved on to a financial book because uh, I was reading, I had read a, too many um, self, Fiction. not like self-help, but like the books about consciousness and who who am like, what is, who am I and mm-hmm. how does my thinking work and yeah. how do I control that and like what is the individual (laughs) these these, like crazy who am I books yeah um and a lot of those kind of come back into the basics of like meditation and Mm -hmm. being okay with doing nothing and just acknowledging your thoughts as thoughts and all this kind of all this kind of stuff so I wanted to move into a different realm but it as far as back to basics on like understanding who we are and how we work and yeah i think re restabilizing yeah i think people forget what the basic needs are of a human (laughs) which like i'm guilty of i i did not consider my living environment and the effect that it has on me i didn't consider the food i eat and the effect that it has on me Mm -hmm. i didn't consider like having a regular sleep schedule and how that would also affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't think about, you know, the kind of work I was doing to make money and how that would have an effect on me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, like I have it in my reminders to look up like how the human body works and like how the, even the brain works, like in what it needs to best perform. Mm-hmm. We don't think about it. Well, some of us don't think about I it. I mean, like, I didn't. <laughs> I, like, now that I have an Apple Watch, like, I get the amount of water that I'm supposed to have in a day. Um, I have, like, movement on here. It mm-hmm. tells me, like, mm-hmm. when to go to sleep. <laughs> like, you know, and yeah, then I yeah. moved. That's, that's one of the weird things about being a human. 
and about having access to information too mm-hmm. is that's been the frustrating thing about like having the time too is like I'm learning about how to maybe rethink about money or being reminded yeah. of something that I've read before whatever it's like all right how do I think about myself how do I think about this other energy in the world how do I think about it's like all right sweet sleep is I've always been big on sleep mm-hmm. I, I prioritize sleep forever yeah. um, but it's like all right you want to you want to get lots of sleep you want to exercise mm-hmm. you want to uh, reduce those stress levels you want to eat the right things yeah. now it's like learning about all right meditation is also very helpful for a healthy brain you also like cold showers do things for you uh, Apparently. it's uh <laughs> yeah. and it's like all right well now all my time is done because i'm spending all of my yeah, time optimizing enough. my life yeah so it's like a weird there's like a balance it's like but also i think reading people... is good for you too yeah also I, what I've realized is, like, if you have the time, and some of us do right now. Uh, There's no excuse. <laughs> is to be kind to yourself in that, and, and know that mm. if you're going to implement these new things, these back-to-basics, that it probably will take up all your time because your body has been so deprived of it. It's like when you've been starving – <laughs> like if someone was starving and then they eat food again, they're going to binge eat on food because their body's like, I don't know oh, I when gonna I'm going to get was, this again. I was going to say the body rejects it at first. Well, that if, if does happen. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to eat too much. But like you end up going into this like storing mode. So mm-hmm. like with sleep and uh, just your overall health, it's probably going to take a lot of energy out of you. Um, you're probably going to want to sleep a lot if you haven't been sleeping. Um, I know I went, like, through a phase when I was, like, getting on a sleep schedule, like, going to bed at the same time and getting up at the same time that I just had, I swear, like, a month of, like, going to bed at the right time but not being able to get out of bed at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just had to kind of surrender to that. Um, And then eventually my body's like, okay. We see that you're sleeping, like, regular now, and we don't have to, like, save up on this, like, build these hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Be- bettering, bettering oneself. It's a yeah. great time. It's always yeah. a great time. Um, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I think we could move into some final topics yeah. here i don't know cool. what you if there's anything that we didn't talk about that you had in mind or anything like that or hmm. I think of. <laughs> okay Do you want me to look at my list? Yeah, sure. Okay. Pull it, pull it up. Checking the list one more time. Checking the list. Mm-hmm. I guess there's like um, current events. What current event? Like. Taylor Swift's new album. 
Marvel. Sure. But I had I do have like questions like like for you, like what do you do to stay positive? Um what do you hope people get out of the movie? Are you allowed to talk about next steps? And if so, like, how is that process? Next steps? What do you mean? Distribution. Oh. Um, what, what advice do you have to aspiring filmmakers? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's stick with, um, let's, let's, do, let's end with a little... A little nerding out over over some creatives that we're fans of. Um, I haven't listened to her new album, but I'm a big Taylor. fan of the hustle of uh, one Taylor Swift. Yeah. Taylor Swift has been around for a while now. I forget when she officially officially like hit the scene. I think I was like thirteen. When, do, you have, like, do you have a year? What year was that? She was doing country first, and I'm not, I'm not too ago. big of a I'm not too big of a country. I don't I don't like country. I don't listen to country at all. Two thousand five. Okay. So I was initially, uh, I think the first song that it kind of oh. grabbed me from Taylor Swift. Yeah. Was in an intro to acting class that I was taking, before I had really jumped into film. And that was in 2013. So, and that was, uh, I Knew You Were Trouble. Really? Yeah. And that was, like, I remember we had to do a lip sync challenge in the acting class. We had to come yeah. prepared with a song. And one of the other actors in the class did I Knew You Were Trouble uh -huh. by Taylor Swift. And it was super funny. And I'm like, that song's kind of catchy. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> and then that was kind of my intro into Taylor Swift. And she's won me over since then, up until now. And uh, I know she's kind of getting back to her own roots. And she's yeah. just kind of pumping out some jams left and right. Yeah. Something that I like about the folklore and Evermore, I think it's called, that just came out yeah. yesterday. I think it's Evermore. Um is the kind of throwback vibe to her early days. I think that's why I don't like it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, Too much. Yeah, I think if if there were, if it was like super, super like the early days, I don't think I would like it so much. But like I mean, for me, it's a good mix of her new and old. Yeah. Artists evolve and yeah. that's why it's kind of like more back to her roots. It's simplified. Also, like her music's more relatable to me because I've experienced more life now. Like before I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like who cares about <laughs> this stuff? Okay. But she's always been near your age. She's... Yeah, I've, I've been isolated for <laughs> too long of my life. Okay. I just started <laughs> getting to live life. like right. a couple years ago. Um. Is there any particular jam from her latest album you've been you've been? I haven't listened. Or? I mean, I ha haven't listened to Evermore enough to like know what the song names are stuff like that. But for folklore, I mean, I've been listening to it like like that's like the go to album. Um, I can't again. I can't okay. do song names. Sorry, but like. <laughs> I could look it up, but... <laughs> mm, that's fine. Uh, the song... Do you, oh, that, the one... 
that you talk you've talked about. I like that one. Okay, Say so it. I don't know what's called either. I'm put on the oh, spot. Okay. <laughs> the one that I that I was gonna bring up from Evermore that I checked out primarily because I saw Willow? what Willow. No, because I saw a talker uh, posting on her story about it, and it was like bringing her to tears. And then I Which checked one? out the comments on it, and like it's just depressing people out, mm -hmm. and it's just like I guess too relatable. It's called happiness. And there's nothing happy about that song. No. It is super depressing, failed relationship, mm -hmm. kind of like seeing a smirk turn to, sorry, a smile turn to a smirk, like what you used to see is now something else. Mm -hmm. And like when did your smile turn into a smirk? Like that kind of, yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, whatever. Some, I listened to it and it is sad. Yes, but it doesn't it doesn't grab me as far as like adding it to any sort of playlist I've got. Mm -hmm. But I am a fan of like, oh my gosh, a whole other album. Mm -hmm. Woo! Yeah. And she has like a music video for one of yeah, them. Yeah, I think it's for Willow. Um, but I didn't I didn't watch. <laughs> I, I want to watch it though. I checked out the video. It's it's cool. They reuse the same set for a part of it that they used in the other one. Okay. Um, so I'm like, all right, cool. It's very yeah. COVID compliant. Yeah. I think she kind of upped her game on adding more people to the mix. Mm -hmm. But she does it in a creative way where she's still the only one on set without a mask. Okay. And everybody else has to wear a mask. <laughs> but it's like built yeah. into costumes and it looks really cool. Mm -hmm. Except for her love interest who doesn't wear a mask. But as far as her intimacy, I'm like, all right, all they do is a handhold. That's mm -hmm. like all the touching that she does with yeah. that person. So I'm like, all right, still... She's, you know, keeping, keeping, yeah, breathing the same air and touching hands. She's moved up since the last one. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's got some awesome VFX and I don't know. Yeah. I have to check it out again. But go yeah. Taylor Swift. We're big fans. Yeah. Hope y'all get you on the podcast at some point. <laughs> um, the other thing that I can nerd out to, and I don't know how much of it you looked into, but uh, Disney just had their investor meeting. And that's where they kind of laid out all of their plans to kind of make the investors feel good about, don't worry, the parks aren't open yet, we're losing lots of money there, mm -hmm. but look at all these other cool things we got in production, yeah. and these huge plans with Star Wars and the live action Disney. I think they're like turning uh, Princess and the Frog into, they're doing that cartoon to, to live action, live action cool. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Marvel is where I where I'm at because of course it's still my big dream. I really want to see a what's it called with Elizabeth Olsen, mm -hmm. who's Wanda. Wandavision. Wandavision, that's what it's called. I really want to see that. That one comes out soon. Good. Disney but Plus. I don't have Disney Plus. <laughs> so Disney, yeah. So Wandavision. They released a new trailer for that. I preferred the first trailer more, but mm -hmm. it, it does clear up maybe a little bit of what's going yeah. on. Um, somebody's definitely messing with Wanda, mm. and uh, pretty much she ain't going to be happy once she solves this mystery. And uh, that's the rumors, at least. But the ones that were new was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out with a trailer. Uh, mm. Loki's show came out with a trailer. And oh, that's a show? It's not a movie? It's a 
that's the show. With is that the cartoon? Tom, no, Tom Hiddleston is <gasps> Loki. There's a Loki show. Yeah, the I'll show you the trailer after this because I want to watch it again. But um, yeah, you watched it. You mentioned Owen, it. Owen Wilson is yeah. uh, in that first scene. No, it's a TV show. Yeah, it's a Yay. Disney Plus show. So they're all on Disney Plus. All the ones that I just mentioned are on Disney if Plus. If anyone wants to share their Disney Plus password with me, <laughs> I would not say no. All right. Well, I'm sure one of your followers will hit you up. Cool. Um, but yeah, so. I just look at the lineup for Marvel, and they've got all these Disney yeah. Plus shows. Um, like Ms. Marvel, they had a little, like, behind, it was more of a behind-the-scenes sneak peek. Ms. Marvel? Captain Marvel? Ms. Marvel. Is it... She's Pakistani. Oh! And she is inspired by See, Captain Marvel. I am not Marvel. keeping up. She's, she, so she's, she's a youth. She's younger, okay, maybe late cool. teens or something. Ms. Marvel. She's yeah. Pakistani. Okay. And uh, they have a whole cool uh, team working on that. Um, so they more had like a sizzle for that with like, oh, here's our lead actor. Mm -hmm. And we're all unanimous on it. We love her. And also here's the writers. And here's like the four directors working on the series. And mm -hmm. they're all look for, they come from super cool backgrounds. Um, so different voices and different heroes and... Mm -hmm. And then they release like the whole chart of like the. They've got all the movies they and need all a the Marvel. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, let's. Uh, Do you feel like having too much is watering it down? Well, we haven't watched any of it yet. <laughs> having the year off it's has just been so helpful. So many options. <laughs> so what it's going to be like, for those that aren't too familiar, is likely. You'll have Disney Plus, and you'll have a show running at every moment of the year. So mm -hmm. you'll have WandaVision releasing like weekly episodes instead of the binge model. Mm -hmm. And then when that's done, Black Widow is going to hit theaters. Mm -hmm. And while that's in theaters, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon will be hitting week to week mm -hmm. on Disney Plus. And then... Loki will hit week to week on Disney Plus after. So they'll scatter an hour mm -hmm. a week all year of Marvel mm -hmm. plus the big tentpole three, yeah. three to four times a year movies. So um, it's going to be a lot. And I'm yeah. wondering if I'll actually be keeping up or not. Yeah. I haven't even been able to watch a movie like in two years. A movie? Well, I mean, I've watched some, but, like, if I'm by myself, like, it just doesn't happen. Or you're saying in general. In general. I can't even barely sit down and watch TV shows. It took me a while. During early COVID, I couldn't watch anything. But I've finally loosened up to be able yeah. to watch stuff. I just started being able to watch, like, TV shows. And I finished one series this year, which was Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Mm. Um... But besides that, it's been a trickle of first episodes. <laughs> if it doesn't grab you, I do. I I do want to watch Queen's the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, Queen's more. Gambit on Netflix. Yeah. Limited series, seven episodes, nice and I could do that. approachable. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So basically, 
I, I, what I was trying to get at was <laughs> Marvel's got so much going on, and hopefully they can sustain it, so that way I can jump in and start directing some stuff in, mm. the, yeah. in a couple of years. So that's a dream. Yeah, my plan, my the my mindset when I moved out here was uh, like, give me five years, I'll be at, I'll be directing at Marvel. Yeah. But that's too far away. It's been two years. It's I have three years away? left. Oh, there's pre-production, like actual getting to direct. Because by the I mean I just by the time they attach directors. Yeah. Like, I guess I would get attached in three years. Mm-hmm. And then it would take another two years before my thing even comes out. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'll be thirty. I'll be thirty-seven around the time when my first Marvel episode. It's a ways away. But yeah. Anyway, thanks yeah. for being on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people find your stuff? We didn't even talk about TikTok, thankfully. But I don't know if you're still up to that. But if you can, you can send people to wherever you want. Yeah. To, um. You can find me on Instagram at michelle.hinsberg. I have a website, michellehinsberg.com. Mm. Um, TikTok is also michelle.hinsberg, but I don't uh, make too much stuff on there, but there's some funny stuff on there currently. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah. Or just, yeah, those are the main yeah, Instagram's a big one. Um, but yeah, great. So keep in the loop. Subscribe if uh, if 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 you if you dare. And, uh, um, but yeah, keep keep in the loop for uh, announcements on the feature. Mm-hmm. You can find that on Instagram as well at uh, it's what's on the inside underscore film. Yeah, um, should be easy enough to find. But yeah, great. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Bye.